0: IssuesETC.org slash 2023 nominations. Being vague and imprecise in your language doesn't make for good theology. If you notice, among many thought leaders in evangelicalism, that's become their modus operandi. Remain vague and imprecise in your language, and therefore you don't have to really explain yourself theologically, and you can distance yourself from some of the clearest teachings of the Bible. Andy Stanley is no exception whatsoever. Welcome back to Issues Etc. It's This Week in Pop Christianity. Today, Mega Pastor Andy Stanley on Gay Christians. Pastor Chris Rosebro joins us. He's pastor of Consfinger Lutheran Church in Oslo, Minnesota, and creator and host of the YouTube channel Fighting for the Faith. Chris, welcome back.
1: Thanks for having me back,
0: Todd. Andy Stanley, the subject of our conversation today, is the well-known son of a perhaps even better-known televangelist, Charles Stanley, his program In Touch. Charles, I believe, is still with us. What Mm -hmm. do you think family gatherings are like? Because Charles Stanley taught very clearly on the issue of homosexuality.
1: Yes, he has done that very clearly in the past. And I would note that uh, Andy Stanley's father, Charles, has... um, his teaching in the past has been very much in line with what the scripture teaches regarding same-sex attractions and homosexuality and things of this nature whereas andy and you know we've noted for a while now has legitimately been drifting he's been drifting left and it's becoming more and more noticeable by more and more people and as a result of that it's clear that the trajectory that he is on In fact, I'll even talk about, there was two pastors who attended a private Q&A with Andy Stanley back in 2019, and they're now publicly talking about that event, and the things that they're saying about Andy show that he is really, his intent is to embrace same-sex marriage, and, and he's arguing that Christians really need to do the same. Just
0: tell us a little bit about Andy Stanley in general. I mean, he has kind of made a name for himself by departing from his dad's and
1: subsequently scripture's teaching. He's not real hot on the Old Testament lately, is he? No, <laughs> and I would note his drift began really early on. He was one of the original members of what was called the Emerging Church Movement. In fact, he was recruited by Doug Paget of the Emerging Church Movement long, long, long ago. And he was considered one of those pastors who quote, unquote, got it. And so he pioneered the idea of seeker-driven or attractional churches. And has become a major thought leader within that particular movement within evangelicalism. And he writes books that are designed really to be consumed by vision casting leaders, people aspiring to be pastors or vision casting leaders in the overall seeker-driven or purpose-driven movements. And he is regularly invited as like a kind of a top tier. He's an A-level a speaker when it comes to seeker-driven leadership conferences. So he's made quite a name for himself as an innovator. He's always been thought of as an innovator, a thought leader in embracing kind of new ways of doing church. How would you estimate his influence given what you've just said? Among the seeker-driven set, the vision casting leaders, I would say his influence is immeasurable. It's extremely profound. I would note that back in the day Rick Warren was a lot more forward he was uh, you know more visible as a speaker at events like this Andy Stanley among the seeker driven crowd seems to now have achieved the same level of fame and influence that Rick Warren had among that set you know maybe back a decade a decade and a half ago.
0: you had mentioned the emergent church, which almost sounds quaint nowadays. What was it because it definitely kind of fizzled out rather quickly. many people hailed it
1: as the future of the church didn't turn out to be that. And what did happen to it? So the the emergent church movement was an intentional movement to basically take a look at how to reach people who have a postmodern worldview. They're they're not modernists anymore. They are postmodern. We're now in postmodernity. How to reach them with the gospel, how to evangelize them and how to make the church relevant for them. The original uh, emergent church movement conversations and designs were actually put together by the old Billy Graham Foundation. That you know they were the ones kind of spearheading these conversations, and Andy Stanley was brought on board because he was one of these guys who got rid of the pulpit, put a stage in, put in jumbotrons, got rid of the organs, got rid of the choirs, and instead replaced it with you know a praise band with hipsters wearing skinny jeans. That was uh, he was one of these guys who intentionally moved the church in that direction. And so that was really kind of the idea behind the emergent church, was how to make the church relevant to people who have a postmodern worldview. So I had
0: mentioned him, his term, wanting to unhinge from the Old Testament. That was the first that many who watch Andy Stanley saw of an indication that he
1: has a goal in mind here. What do you think the goal is? (laughs) Redefine Christianity altogether and let the culture have the the ability to reshape christianity into a form of the faith that is relevant to whatever the current culture finds to be relevant
0: what are we going to be hearing first from andy stanley
1: we are going back a few months to a uh, conference that he spoke at called drive 2022 and in the drive 2022 conference videos Uh, Andy is talking about how the church needs to adapt and rethink how we look at, frame, and consider people who he calls gay Christians.
2: The faith of the next generation is worth, okay, here we go, leading our churches to acknowledge there are gay people, not just straight people with a sin problem. Now, what does this have to do with the next generation that has everything? To be clear, we don't need to get the next generation to acknowledge that. They assume that. But as long as they think that we don't understand that, they can't hear us. They just can't. Now, is that fair? No. Is it even fair? Should it be that way? No. But it's just that way and and this is so complicated and this is so difficult. Now, if you're gay, don't hear me saying you're complicated and you're difficult. You're not the problem. The church is still trying to adjust to a reality that we struggle with and we struggle with it for good reasons. Now, this is so easy personally. In fact, I don't know all of you, but I, I bet for 99% of the, the people in the room, this is easy. Personally, you know gay people. You have gay friends. You have gay relatives. You may have a gay son or daughter or granddaughter. You, you know, you do business with gay people. Gay people come to your church. You're not like. <gasps> In fact, it's the opposite. It's like, I think they're gay. There's gay people here, this is great. I love our church where, you know, I mean, and if you're gay, I know, just be patient with us. We're weird, I know. But, but you understand because you're here because you love Jesus and you probably grew up in church and you know we're trying to figure this whole thing out. But at some point along the way, and this is a process, and I wanna talk, drill down on this one a little bit. In fact, I, in my notes, I put, I was gonna read this one and say, good luck, let's go to number four, but I, that would be mean, okay? <laughs> So personally, this is not a problem. You love people. You don't write people off because of their their sexual preference. I mean, we all know how to love people. That's not it. But corporately, it is challenging, and it's challenging for good reasons. But we have to embrace this challenge, and we have to lead the way.
0: What's he saying there?
1: Boy, you know, it. that's kind of a, a fuzzy thing that he's saying because he's making the claim that the church hasn't got it right yet regarding the question of same-sex attraction, same-sex marriage, same-sex sex, and things of this nature. When in reality, the church has had this sorted out the entire time. And uh, and this just falls under the big category of sin. You'll note that we human beings, because of our fall into sin, there's been a corruption of our nature and i got to be careful how I talk about this, but the idea is, is that there's nothing sound in us, within our flesh, in our mind, in our souls, and we have, as a result of it, sinful passions that tempt us in all kinds of different ways. Even if the devil were not involved in temptation or the demons, our sinful flesh has unhealthy sinful passions and desires that wage war against who we are in Christ, And as a result of it, there are Christians who struggle with sins such as slander, such as theft, or murderous thoughts, or adultery, or they struggle with different forms of sexual immorality, which would include pornography, adultery, and also same-sex attraction and same-sex sex. This is all a result of the fall. But the way he's talking, you'll note that it's very subtle, but the presupposition is actually quite clear that he's talking about people being gay and that being something that identifies them. Whereas in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul writes very clearly, he says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God." So you'll note that he's not talking about the need for the church to properly understand the scriptures so that we can call sinners of all stripes, regardless of the sins that they commit or are tempted by or obsess over, that they need to repent and be forgiven and then in their baptisms they're united with christ in his death and his resurrection and the new person has come forward in the washing of regeneration and that what they were as a sinner is not who they are in christ and so paul talks about and such were some of you not such is some of you or some are some of you whereas if you pay close attention to the way that andy stanley is talking he's talking about people as gay as an identity and still having them attend church. And to say this is problematic is, uh, well, it's problematic. (laughs) So so, to kind of
0: clarify there, what he's doing, it sounds like, is he's using this term gay, and he's failing to distinguish between Christians who are tempted toward same-sex attraction and live in repentance, like all Christians, heterosexual Christians live in repentance, because they' they're heterosexual attractions that are outside right. their callings. He's the only distinguish between that Christian and then just someone who says, "I'm a Christian and I'm gay and you should be fine with that right he's failing to make that
1: distinction so you know to use you know a heterosexual example let let's say there's a you know a Christian fellow who is working in the corporate world and he ends up in one of these office romances you know he's fallen in love with his secretary and the two of them are getting dangerously close to committing adultery with each other they're already emotionally entangled with each other and he wakes up and comes to his senses and says this is not right this is already adultery in the the mind which Christ says is a sin and I've got to cut this relationship off and so he cuts the relationship off and then he struggles for however long with his feelings that he's still attracted to this woman whom he's become emotionally entangled with but he lives in penitence knowing that adultery is a sin And that for him to further that relationship would send him into great shame and great sin, and so he bears fruit in keeping with repentance by being faithful to his wife, cutting off the relationship, and dealing with the day in and day out of still having the feels for that woman that he was uh, emotionally involved with, and that's all part of the struggle of being a Christian. But you'll note that Andy Stanley isn't taking that same concept then and applying to people who have same-sex attraction, and instead he's referring to them in the present tense as gay Christians without really making those distinctions at all, which is, like I said, problematic at best. The other thing that I think very subtly what he did in that first bite
0: is he tried to go from kind of the lesser to the greater. He said, well, personally, this isn't a problem for any of us. We all have friends relatives co-workers who are gay and it's not an issue but somehow corporately it is an issue as though well if i manage to live civilly and even in friendship relationships and maybe even loving relationships with people who are homosexual why can't we write that big across the church
1: right so my brother-in-law he is a homosexual and in family gatherings we're cordial with each other we talk to each other and treat each other cordially and, you know, I recognize that he's a member of my wife's family. And so as a result of that, you know, we, we don't argue about this. We, you know, when when we are in the same room together during a holiday season, we don't argue and, and fight and bicker and I don't sit there and demean him or anything like this. We treat each other well. But if he were to say, I would like to move to Minnesota and attend Kongsvinger and I want to become a communicant member of Kongsvinger, well we're gonna have a different conversation at that point because now the question is, is this a fellow who is a penitent believer in Jesus Christ, like all of the other communicant members of Kongsvinger Lutheran Church? And the answer is, is, until he repents of his homosexuality, the answer is no. Now, it's not to say that I don't love him, in fact, it is loving to say to him, you need to repent of the sexual immorality and bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And Christ forgives, he's even bled and died for these sins. So that what is said in 1 Corinthians 6, what Paul says, and such were some of you, could be said about him and so you'll note that you're right he's taken this idea in the greater society we all have to interact with people who are homosexuals or gay or identify as such but that's different than church membership or somebody that we consider a brother sister in Christ
0: we're talking about megachurch pastor Andy Stanley on gay Christians with pastor Chris Rosebro. we'll hear from Andy on the faith of gay Christians next
3: If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Things above, that's the theme for this year's hymn sing at the Issues Etc. Making the Case conference. The bridegroom soon will call us. Jerusalem the Golden, Wake Awake for Night is Flying, and a whole bunch more. You don't want to miss it. Making the Case is Friday, June 16th and Saturday, June 17th at Concordia University, Chicago. Learn more at issuesetc.org. What is mental health? The February issue of The Lutheran Witness takes up this question of mental health with contributions from the LCMS Task Force on Mental Health, which is tasked with providing resources for Lutheran church workers to better care for their own mental health and those entrusted to their care. To pick up your copy, visit cph.org witness or visit our website witness.lcms.org to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. A Voice in the Wilderness of American Evangelicalism, you're listening to Issues Etc. Historic St. Paul Lutheran Church in the heart of Austin, Texas, is glad to support the work of Issues Etc. I'm Pastor Brian Wolfmuller, Pastor of St. Paul, and I'm glad we're part of this effort. Issues Etc. for decades has been the premier voice of Lutheran doctrine and biblical teaching in all of the world, and we're glad to be a little part of making sure that the work continues. If you're ever in Austin, stop by and visit us. All the information is on the website, stpaulaustin.org. That's stpaulaustin.org. Our Christian faith is under constant attack, and we must be proactive in keeping our children in the church. At Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, we believe that an education rooted in God's Word is one that stands against the very gates of hell. Nothing in this world is more important. Offering a rigorous classical Lutheran education, we provide in-person and live online remote learning opportunities for preschool through grade 12. To learn more, visit FLSPlano.org, FLSPlano.org.
0: Welcome back to Issues Etc., I'm Todd Wilkin. We're talking about Andy Stanley on Gay Christians with Pastor Chris Rosebro, creator and host of the YouTube channel Fighting for the Faith. If you want to go in-depth in the Gospel of John, I highly recommend the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for January, the latest in the Concordia commentary series on John, covering chapters 7, verse 2 through 12, verse 50. It's written by Issues Etc. regular guest, Dr. Bill Weinrich of Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Find out more about this great commentary at our website, issuesetc.org. Or call Concordia Publishing House and ask for the issues, etc. Book of the Month for January, 1-800-325-3040, one 325 3040 Chris, what's next from Andy Stanley?
1: So you're going to note in this next one, this is a really interesting soundbite. He's going to talk about the faith of gay Christians, and I'll just let him spin this out.
2: Um, in my experience, now this is just my experience, okay? I'm just going to read what I wrote. If I could figure out how to get straight people as excited about serving and engaging as the gay men and women I know, we would have a volunteer backlog. That's my experience in our churches. Well, I, I'm, a gay person, I'll just read it to you. A gay person, when I say gay men and women, okay, a gay person who still wants to attend church after the way the church has treated the gay community, I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do. They have more faith than a lot of you. A gay person who knows, you know what? I might not be accepted here, but I'm gonna try it anyway. Have you ever done that as a straight person? Where do you go that you're not sure you're gonna be accepted, and you go over and over and over and over? Only your in-laws' house. That's the only place you go where you know you're not completely accepted, but you go over and over and over, and it's because you have to. But other than the in-laws, what environment do you continue to step foot in, knowing at any moment you may feel ostracized? No place, I'm telling you, the gay men and women who grew up in church, and the gay men and women who've come to faith in Christ as adults, who want to participate in our church, oh my goodness. I know 1 Corinthians 6, and I know Leviticus, and I know Romans 1. It's so interesting to talk about all that stuff, but just, oh my goodness, a gay man or woman who wants to worship their heavenly Father, who did not answer the cry of their heart when they were 12 and 13 and 14 and 15, God said, no, and they still love God. We have some things to learn from a group of men and women who love Jesus that much and who wanna worship with us. And I know the verses, I know the clobber passages, right? We gotta figure this out. And you know what? We do what Jesus did. You know who Jesus started with? Jesus never started with theology. Jesus started with the people in front of him. And he went from there. You know, if, you're, if your theology gets in the way of ministry, like if there's somebody you can't minister to because you're theology, you have the wrong theology. Is that clear? And this is what drove the Pharisees crazy. It's like, how can you go there? Jesus like, because they're there. That's why I'm going there. Yeah, but don't you know about them? Jesus like, I just don't see the world that way. Here's how I see the world. There are people lost to God, and there are people who've connected with God. So I just want to help disconnected people get connected. I'm, I'm a s- simple person. That's what I do. And I'm just telling you, the men and women I know who are gay, their faith and their confidence in God dwarfs mine.
0: Okay, first of all, what are the clobber passages he's talking about?
1: So I, I find it fascinating he uses that term. So the clobber passages, that's a phrase used by the left. That is a phrase used by the gay community. And it's referring to the six very clear passages in Scripture that outline that same-sex attraction and homosexual sex itself are an abomination. They are sinful. They are contrary to nature. So they that would include Leviticus. It would also include Romans 1. It would include 1 Corinthians 6. It includes Jude and so the, the, you know that's a phrase a rhetorical phrase the clobber passages used to basically discredit what the bible says and basically discredit anybody who would then bring those passages up and say hey this is sinful and this is not something that god blesses or condones this is a sin that needs to be repented of and they'll say oh those are just the clobber passages and so we we go with the, the Jesus ethic. And notice he's doing something very similar here. So he references the clobber passages, calls them the clobber passages, which is rhetoric of the left. And then he comes in and, and did you note he came up with a whole dialogue that Jesus supposedly had? You know, why are you going to those people over there? Well, you know, I'm interested in people who are disconnected from God. I'm just a simple guy. I want to reconnect people to God, which is some kind of a weird... I don't even know what that is but jesus never said those things i'm not exactly sure which passages he's referencing and it's true that jesus ate with sinners and that jesus forgave sinners this is most certainly true but jesus never affirmed anybody in their sin this is a very strange thing that he's talked about which shows that this is a theology that's heavily influenced Kind of by the drifting leftism of that we can see here, but uh, is clearly designed to try to get people to follow along in this journey with him.
0: So in essence, he says, I know what the Bible says, but that can't be the answer here. That can't be how we deal with this anymore. And I'll sprinkle a little imaginary Jesus on top of it to sweeten the pot
1: right imaginary Jesus and then notice here that in in this soundbite the gay Christian is the one who's moral the gay Christian is the one who is selfless the gay Christian is the one who wants to volunteer whereas the head of sexual Christian they're the ones with the problems and stuff like that and Andy is saying that he looks up to the faith of gay Christians and that their faith dwarfs his and I sit there and go how is that possible because you know, that that would be like saying some impenitent adulterer, that their faith is greater than a person who is living in penitent faith and trust in Christ uh, regarding any of the sins that they're struggling with. That doesn't make any sense. The fruit of the Spirit, and as Paul lays it out in Galatians, is the exact opposite of sexual immorality. Sexual immorality and debauchery are, thi- are, the, are the fruit of the flesh, whereas the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, peace patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control, and it stands in contradistinction to the, uh, the fruit of the flesh that Paul lists immediately before that, which would include sexual immorality. Part
0: of the problem with Stanley's rhetorical technique is it works for anything. I mean, I could say, how much faith does it take for a man who's murdered his wife, but never been caught for it, to come to church again and again and again? The way that the church has treated murderers over the all, the, all these centuries, plug in any sin you want,
1: yeah. and it works. Yeah, and you'll note then that there's a, a very overt allegation, and that is, is that the church is somehow guilty of sinning against people who identify as homosexual, struggle with same-sex attraction, that we've sinned against them through these so-called clobber passages, when in fact we haven't. So you'll note that the gays are the uh, are the moral ones. They're they're the victims of being treated poorly, why through the clobber passages. Whereas you know you know it's the heterosexuals who use those clobber passages that are clearly the ones in the wrong, and they need to sort this out and get things right.
0: It's this week in Pop Christianity with Chris Rosebro. This is Issues etc I'm Todd Wilkin. Folks, as we come to the end of Lutheran Schools Week, let me remind you that Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas offers online classes with student-teacher interaction for high school students worldwide. For more information, visit flsplano.org, Faith Lutheran School, Plano, Texas, flsplano.org. We'll hear one final cut from Andy Stanley after the break on How Pastors Lead Change. The Issues Etc. A Book of the Month for January would make a great gift for your pastor. It's the New Concordia Commentary on John, Chapter 7, Verse 2 to Chapter 12, Verse 50. This latest Concordia Commentary is written by Issues Etc. Regular guest Dr. Bill Weinrich. Learn more about our January Book of the Month at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. The New Concordia Commentary on John 7:2 to 12:50. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod cares
1: deeply for those who protect our nation. Are you or a loved one currently serving? Ministry to the Armed Forces would like to help. We provide devotional literature to encourage faith.
3: Send your mailing address to lcmschaps at lcms.org or call us at
1: 314-996-1337. Those in uniform are comforted with Psalm 28. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me.
3: Declaring to you the whole counsel of God. You're listening to Issues Etc. Christological My friends, Jesus comes only for sinners. Historical I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by... Sacramental. Take
1: and eat. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, given unto death for your sins.
3: To find a Christological, historical, and sacramental church near you, go to issuesetc.org and click Find a Church.
0: Welcome back i'm todd wilkin it's this week in pop christianity today Mega church pastor andy stanley on gay christians pastor chris roseborough is our guest chris we have one last actuality from andy stanley what is it
1: i think this is probably the most insidious of the three cuts we're going to listen now as in this context in the context of what do we need to do in addressing the issue of homosexuality he then asserts here how pastors should lead change in their churches
2: and you're going to figure it out and if you don't you can say goodbye to the next generation because they figured it out because it's personal it's their friends it's their good friends it's their friends friends it's their parents friends so we can do this um now here's something i gotta drill down on uh, that is related to this it's kind of a side topic but it's so important here's something to keep in mind okay Never take someone's church away from them unnecessarily. Here's what I mean by that. Um, I'll give you an example about, I don't know, almost about a little over a year now, there's a pretty big church in Atlanta and they went 100% in on CRT. I mean like just totally. And it not only divided the church, it almost destroyed the church. And here's what happens, because here's what happens when pastors don't understand what it means to be a pastor. <clears throat> you end up taking the church, and again, this is what happens. This pastor has been there about six years. Well, there have been there are people that have been 16 years, 20 years, and the people that have been there longer than the pastor had to leave their church because of what this guy went in on. He unnecessarily took people's church away from them. Don't ever, I don't care what your view is or my view is, don't ever take someone's church away from them unnecessarily. That's bad leadership and it's bad discipleship. Um Pastors who get up and announce, you know, because this is you know, this you saw some of this, and it doesn't happen much anymore because it's so ridiculous. Pastors got up and we're affirming. They got up and announced, we're affirming, and you know, and then the next Sunday half the congregation's gone, and it's the congregation is like, we are? I don't even know what that is. I, I now I can't come back to my church, and why can't I come back to my church? Because we hired this bozo pastor, and he just took my church away from me. Now, whether the person's right or wrong is irrelevant. Your pastors and your leaders don't take people's church away from them unnecessarily. Let me just keep stuck in my notes. Terrible leadership because they skipped discipleship, teaching, preparing, and nudging. They played the role of a prophet, not a pastor. You are not a prophet. You are a pastor, very different role. Prophets drop in and drop truth bombs, and then they get on their chariot and go to the next place and drop truth. That's not what we're doing. We are leading people. We are not pace setters, we're pastors and shepherds. Pastors set direction and they monitor the pace, they do not set the pace. Our job is to lead, model, disciple, equip people to navigate cultural shifts in keeping with the teaching of Jesus and the apostles. Now you say, Andy, that sounds kind of dishonest and sneaky. No, it's not dishonest and sneaky. It's leadership, and it's shrewd. Jesus said you're to be wise as serpents and shrewd, uh, excuse me, wise serpents. You're supposed to be wise as harmless as doves and shrewd as serpents. We get so harmless, we forget sometimes we need to be shrewd. We need to be more snake-like in the appropriate Jesus kind of way.
0: So I'm going to try and interpret and tell me if I've learned how to speak Andy Stanley. We need to affirm homosexuality, and I imagine maybe a year or two from now it'll be celebrate, but we gotta go slow, because there are a lot of people that are not ready for this, so you're gonna have to slowly but surely take the passages that speak to this as a matter of sin away from your people until they can't remember them anymore and then if you do that, down the road someplace you will now have an affirming
1: congregation, don't just announce that you're affirming, just take it slow that's exactly what he said. <laughs> that you you have translated what he said very well. That that is the absolute implication. And you'll note that the analogies that he gave all were with the assumption of moving your church to the left, which is very fascinating. And and here's where I'm going to put this in. Uh, on the 26th of January, so just a few days ago, yeah, it was. In fact, it was yesterday. A, a vision casting leader by the name of Ryan Visconti. And a, another fellow, a vision casting leader, by the name of Luke Simmons, they both corroborate this. That back in September of 2019, on September 19th, they were invited to a private dinner with about 15 pastors at a local church in Gilbert, Arizona, to participate in a Q&A with Andy Stanley. And here are some of the quotes that Andy Stanley gave. And this is based on two eyewitnesses who were present at this private-only affair. Andy Stanley said, quote, I don't do gay weddings, But I can't say I would never do a gay wedding. If my granddaughter asked me someday, maybe I would. Then he went on to say, We need to make room for gay men who choose to be married to each other in our churches, because that's as close as they can get to a New Testament framework of marriage. And then last of the quotes, Andy Stanley said, I believe in gay people. Some people are gay. They can't change. He said, I know I shouldn't let experience dictate my theology, but I have maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) Those are direct quotes from people who were at the event, and this is confirmed by two witnesses. I think you're absolutely fair in saying that that last soundbite that we heard from uh, Andy Stanley, that it is best interpreted as you need to get your churches to affirm homosexuality and embrace same-sex marriages, but you need to take your time and move really, really slowly and lead people to that position. You started by
0: calling Andy Stanley a thought leader, and I don't doubt that for a second. I think there are pastors out there who are watching from the wings saying, ah, now we finally have a way forward, and we can take this messy situation of the church dealing with repentance and period off the table. You know, we don't have to call people to repentance for their sins. And for them, Andy Stanley shows the way forward. And Chris, at least in the short term, we're going to lose on this one. Andy Stanley is a very effective, very effective communicator, very influential, and he is showing us the future of
1: evangelicalism. He is. Yes, he absolutely is. This is not a development that one should be surprised about. I, again, go back to the fact that it was decades ago, you and I did an interview on the purpose-driven church and the purpose-driven life. And you asked me at that time, because I had written on my blog that I thought that the, the, the publishing of the book, The Purpose Driven Life, was a watershed moment in, in evangelical history, that it showed that things were going to be changing in a very, very bad direction. And you asked me in, in that interview why that was the case, and I said because it, with the, the publishing of the book, The Purpose Driven Life, The evangelical church has abandoned any sound teaching and a proper handling of God's Word, and nothing good can come of that. Scripture is very clear that false teachers are like wandering stars. You can't navigate by them, and they go from bad to worse. And we've been talking about Andy Stanley now for many years on issues, etc., And we've noted some very overt attacks of his years and years ago against the Old Testament and the claim that the church needs to unhook itself from the Old Testament, this idea of the Bible saying that something's true because the Bible says it's true. And that's always the first move. You attack the Word of God. And then once the Word of God is no longer con- is viewed as being authoritative, if it's telling us the truth, those are the words of God, and then we have to order our lives and our doctrine accordingly, once the Bible's out of the way, then you begin slowly methodically constructing your own theology. And that's what Andy Stanley has been doing. And if I could use a business example, this would be like the Harvard Business Review case study. And once you abandon God's word, you end up in the liberal ditch. And this is how this goes. I have
0: uh, written an article for the forthcoming issues, et cetera, journal called Playing the Mission Card. It's an extension of one I wrote years and years ago called Playing the Pharisee Card. And I've just noticed that the mission card is one of those kind of trump cards that vision casting leaders like to throw down. We've seen Andy Stanley throw it down, what, a dozen times in the last 35 minutes of our conversation where this is about reaching people, this is about keeping people in church, this is about having people being involved in church. Is there anything that the vision casting leaders and and people playing the mission card, is there
1: anything they won't do to bring people to church? No. (laughs) At the end of the day, I don't know if they would stop themselves because we've seen them do weird things like doing sex sermons and putting beds and stripper poles on on their stages and things like this. I'm pretty sure there's there's nothing that they wouldn't do short of like overt sin according to what the culture considers sin from the stage if for the whole purpose of reaching people, which kind of gets to the big problem of the missional movement and that is is that if you buy into this idea then you have already abandoned biblical Christianity and you have embraced a heretical anthropology. And here's what I mean by that. The Pelagian heresy, do your homework on this. It is the Pelagian heresy that denied that human beings were born sinners, that they were born dead in trespasses and sins, and the church soundly put down the Pelagian heresy as a heresy, not as a mere error, but actual damnable heresy, complete with anathemas. But that being the case, the fundamental core assumption of the missional folks is that the reason why unbelievers are not coming to church is because the church isn't relevant, or the church isn't succeeding in speaking to them in a relevant manner. But the Bible's clear. The reason why pagans don't come to church is because they are dead in trespasses and sins, and they are under the dominion of darkness. And they can only be brought into the kingdom of Christ through the preached word, through the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel goes forward and God, the Holy Spirit, takes dead sinners and makes them alive in Jesus Christ through the preaching of the Word. Paul says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of Christ. So we don't need to make Christianity relevant, we need to be faithful in proclaiming the truth, preaching the law to convict people of their sin, preaching the gospel, the good news that Christ has bled and died for the sins, and the Holy Spirit's going to convert who the Holy Spirit's going to convert, and we don't need to be relevant. We never can be. And by the way, Lutherans are the worst at trying to be relevant. Finally,
0: with about a minute here, what's the danger of abandoning the call to repentance and saying, unrepentant sinners are welcome In the Christian church, you lose the gospel
1: altogether. What is, you'll note that Andy, when he was talking about these gay Christians, he was saying this they love God more than I do, which begs the question how is that even possible? Because love, by the way, is defined according to the law, not the gospel if you love me you will obey my commandments the scripture says so how can you say that somebody who is openly engaged in impenitent sin loves god when the commandments show that they don't so there's a big problem here so when you start talking in these terms like this We've redefined what love is. We are not obeying the commandments anymore. And where is faith in Christ for the forgiveness of our sins? Because in him, in Christ, is offered to us the forgiveness of our sins. So when you go down this road, you lose the gospel, you lose the biblical Jesus, you lose God's law altogether, you lose the word altogether, and you've created a monstrosity, idolatrous, false religion with Christian ease, Christian vocabulary slapped onto its theological system, but none of it's actually biblical. And as a result of it, you lose saving faith and salvation and the gospel itself. You lose Jesus in the mix of all of this.
0: Pastor Chris Rosebro is pastor of Consvinger Lutheran Church in Oslo, Minnesota, creator and host of the YouTube channel Fighting for the Faith. You'll find a link to Fighting for the Faith at our website, org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Chris, thanks. Thank you, Todd. Issues, et cetera, has been brought to you in part this week by Luther Academy. Find out more about this confessional Lutheran worldwide mission outreach at Lutheracademy.com. Serving Lutheran pastors and laypeople to the ends of the earth, Lutheracademy.com. Next week on Issues, et cetera, we'll have Pastors Brian Wolfmiller and Brian Ketchelmeyer respond to your unanswered Bible questions. Dr. Bill Weinrich will lead us into teaching on I Am the Resurrection and the Life in John chapter 11 and we'll respond to the assertion that St. Augustine taught that the Catholic Church had the authority to determine the canon of Scripture with Dr. Stephen Parks. I'm Todd Wilkin. Go to church on Sunday. Thanks for listening to Issues Etc.
3: Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc., Metro East Lutheran High School in Edwardsville, Illinois, invites you to an open house from 1 to 3, Sunday afternoon, February 5th. Take a tour, visit with faculty and administration, and find out more about financial assistance and scholarships. For more information, visit the Facebook page for Metro East
2: Lutheran High School or call 618-656-0043. Open house at Metro East Lutheran High School, Edwardsville, Illinois, Sunday afternoon, February 5th.
3: What makes Christ Our Savior Lutheran Church in Freeburg, Illinois, so special? Our new members talk about the family atmosphere, the welcoming people, and the outstanding music. But most importantly, you'll be confronted with your sin and comforted with the assurance that Jesus has removed that sin so that you can live each day as his baptized and forgiven child. Christ Our Savior Lutheran Church is at 612 North State Street in Freeburg, Illinois. Sunday worship is at 9 a.m. Sunday school and Bible classes at 1020 a.m. Call 618-539-5664. Lutheran talk.
1: The cause of our salvation doesn't lie within us, but instead it lies outside of us, namely in the mercy of our God who sends his Son to live and die and rise again for us.
3: Lutheran music. Listen anytime, anywhere with the Lutheran Public Radio mobile app. Download for iPhone, Android, and Kindle at issuesetc.org.
2: College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois offers ACT, SAT, and PSAT test prep, scholarship application classes, college and career counseling, and more. Hi, this is Lori Konsky, president of College Preparation Station. We have helped our students obtain more than $7 million in tuition scholarships in 12 years. Find out more at cpsprep.com. Let us help you create a vision and find your future. The College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois cpsprep.com.